Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey. <laughs> you don't sound uh, too delighted to be here right now. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Uh, I didn't I didn't get a lot of sleep. It's kind of sucks. You know, shocking, right? But yeah, recording on Saturdays is we both work Friday nights. So then we like come home and have no time and I just I kind of have to try and sleep before we record. But this is our first episode of that we're recording since the new year. So how's your new year been? It's been like a couple days. Uh <sighs> Steamboat Willie entered public domain. I'll want to talk about that in a minute. So <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, it's not that crazy. Well, okay, you bring it up. It was supposed to happen after 25 years, I think, after what? Walt Disney's death? Yeah. And then they were like, nah, 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 let's... They somehow managed to push it back. Yeah. Not somehow. It's called lots and lots of money and lobbying from both Disney and a bunch of other companies. But that finally happened. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. There's a horror movie. There's a horror there's game. There's more than, more than one. I wrote no. these down. No, there's a bunch of stuff because... People have known this is coming for years, so they already had stuff done, and they just yeah. couldn't release it till January 1st, 2024. I think the only issue, uh, and it's an issue I think a lot of people have because they got too excited, is everyone's like, ah, oh, Mickey Mouse entered public domain. Well, specifically Steamboat yeah, Willie. Yeah, Mickey Mouse didn't enter public domain. Steamboat really entered public domain. Yeah. And I bring that up because I think a lot of people are going to get in trouble because yeah. there's a very, very specific character design mm-hmm. and, like, actions that entered public domain. And if you get even slightly close to the non-public domain Mickey Mouse... Disney's going to sue the fuck out oh, of you. Oh, Disney's going to sue the fuck out of you out of spite. Yeah. And so um, I think what we're going to see in the coming year, couple years, is a lot of people being like, Oh, I'm using Mickey Mouse, and then just get annihilated. Yeah. So, you beat me to it, because this is something I want to talk about in the news portion of the podcast, but we're already here. Two that I know of Mickey Mouse horror movies have been announced. One of them is called Mickey's Mousetrap, which I've seen slight stuff for. It looks like a slasher just dressed like Mickey Mouse, whatever. Yeah. The other one is called just called Steamboat Willie, which is the same concept, except they're on a ferry. Mm. Those are the ones I've seen so far. I know there's also... The horror game coming out, it's like something 88. Uh, it's not. It was. Oh, it's not happening anymore? Disney already got them? No, no. What was it called? It was like something, it was like Night 88 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, It got, it had to change its name mm. because people were freaking out about it being a Nazi reference. Uh, oh. Because apparently 88's a Nazi thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But apparently the company was like, we didn't know that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that till you just said it. And then other people pointed out the fact that there's sequences where you're gassing rats. Oh. Which, I mean. Oh, God. I'll be honest here. I get why everyone goes Mickey Mouse game anti-Semitism. Walt Disney was, because you know. Historically speaking, Walt Disney was very anti-Semitic. Yeah. And racist but in all honesty i'm not sure how intentional that was see that's the thing is i think those two things are just very un i think very good coincidences yeah i think it's not a great coincidence but 
I my guess is they probably did it accidentally. Yeah. Which sucks because they they were doing so good. They were like, oh yeah, we're the first one out. No, yeah, people we're getting were a hype bunch about of it. Hype. And it looked relatively like okay. And then they got in trouble. Yeah. So Damn. hopefully they recover. Assuming you know it was all accidental. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the eighty eight thing was because it's said in like nineteen eighty eight. Oh, okay. Makes a lot of sense. That makes more sense. Okay. Well, now that we're on news, I guess we've kind of escalated to that. Unless you have something else that you want to talk about before we move on. Nope. No. Okay. The Omen is receiving a prequel in April 2024 called The First Omen. Who We've is not it? seen The Omen on the podcast. Yeah, it is. I looked it up because I was, I was curious because I kept seeing stuff and I was like, is this a sequel to The Omen? Because I know there's a second Omen movie, at least. At least. Uh, this is a prequel. Pretty sure there's a bunch of stuff. Is there? I don't know. We've never seen The Omen. I've heard it's very scary. I've heard it's very good. I think it's very interesting that in 2024, they're doing prequel i mean you know why right no okay this is me gonna get really uh negative for a second which kind of sucks but hollywood's kind of gotten to the point where they don't really care about making good movies anymore fair enough it's kind of a just a money thing now Mm -hmm. and it's been a real big issue in recent years i mean yes you could maybe argue some of this is due to the the writer's strike but honestly, there's been a trend where we haven't had a lot of good movies recently. Yeah. Uh, and we've had a lot of cash grab garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Exorcist. And that's what I was going to say is we've had a trend where there's a lot of movies where they're just doing remakes that are just mm-hmm. very obviously cash grabs. Where they're trying somewhat because they want to make money, but not necessarily to make a good movie. Yeah. And I, I, I'm concerned that The Omen's just going to be that again. Yeah. You know? Because it's not even an Omen remake, it's... A prequel. A prequel to the Omen. And do you know anything about the Omen? Uh, Lady has the Antichrist in her body, right? Or is that... No, that's Rosemary's Baby. It's Rosemary's Baby. No, then I don't know anything about the Omen. I mean, it's an Antichrist movie. You were, you were on the right track. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, so. But point being, is I'm not really sure how you do a prequel movie no. for the Omen. Is it... Well, because isn't the whole point of, like, an Omen, like... Showing, I was more thinking of like, do you just show the devil having sex with a woman? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I thought I'd bring it up because I know the Omen is very beloved. People like that movie. I've also heard it's very good. Yeah, but we haven't seen it on the podcast. We'll probably watch it eventually. Uh, we should. I mean, that's one of those ones that I've wanted to watch for a while because I think it will scare the shit out of me. Maybe if we ever do like Antichrist. Yeah, that's a category that's I've been thinking about pitching for a hot minute. Yeah. Because that's like about a it. big genre. Like, there are tons of Antichrist films. I know there is, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I can't think of any at the top of my head besides The Omen. Yeah, fair enough. There definitely is, because I've seen a couple. Okay. This is the last thing I have. This week was kind of slow in terms of news, so this is just kind of something interesting. You know that movie Night Swim? Have you seen trailers for this movie? Do you know what this is? Uh vaguely from what i have taken from uh not watching the trailer but reading an article and like looking at different stuff online it's basically a movie about a woman swimming in a pool and bad things happen like a just like a night swim she goes swimming at night bad things happen in a pool that's the whole film don't go swimming at night alone bring a friend okay um have i ever told you they're not drunk either that i'm terrified of that's what happened to the lady in jaws she went swimming alone at night oh yeah and her friend was drunk uh, I'm terrified of pools. 
Like, not, I'm not You're scared of pools. terrified of water, Bob. I'm terrified of water. So the idea of this movie is really scary to me. Like, actually, like, terrifying. There's something about swimming at night in the dark and not being able to see what's in the like, – it's just so scary. Okay, Bob, most pools have lights in, in the pool. Y- yeah, but sometimes so, they don't. So you can uh, see the bottom. Or at well, the very least, there's lights outside so you can still see the bottom. Sure. Anyway, just thought I should preface this my spiel about this film with I'm terrified of this concept. It's out. It came out as a recording this yesterday. Has like 1.1k reviews on IMDb, and it currently sits at a 5 out of 10, which honestly is not surprising because, A, it's a movie about a pool. And, Ooh. Like, that scares me personally, but I'm sure that doesn't scare the general audience. That's because you're a baby man. You're right. Thought I'd bring it up because I was actually kind of hyped for this film. Like, I was excited about it. Are you sure you're not thinking of Infinity Pool? No, I don't want to watch Infinity Pool. That's a different movie. That is a different movie, and I don't want to watch it. All right. You got anything else? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Then really quick, not exactly news, but uh, Shudder just added the thing. Oh, dope. So if you want to watch that for free. Hell yeah. And you already have Shudder. It's on there. That's all I have for free trials all the time. So if you don't already have a free trial. Yeah. It's a free trial for like a month. You can watch um, so much stuff in a month. And if you have creator codes, we don't have one. But if you have creator codes. that w- That's when we know we've made it, Benjamin. It, I think you can get like two months or something. Damn. Use your deals, people. They're nice. So I just wanted to mention that because I was looking on there uh, today. But aside from that, uh, not exactly news, but Bob wanted me to mention it before we actually start the podcast. Oh, yeah. You know what's crazy? I forgot about this. Yeah, I know. You You tend to be a little scatterbrained when we start these. <laughs> yeah, because I got a lot of stuff I'm talking about. But uh, long story short, we kind of mentioned this on a previous episode, specifically our New Year's episode. So sorry if you listen to that one and you're going to hear this spiel again. Um, but Bob was like, no one listens to those episodes. Well, it's more like it's on the end of the episode. So if people didn't stick around, they probably didn't hear it. And this is like... a. This is a big announcement for the year. Well, it's an actual podcast episode. I yeah. Think that's the more valid point. But we talked about kind of what we were planning for next year for, like, stuff. Because uh, this year, I guess last year technically, 2023 was intended to be, like, the year of holiday movies. And our goal was to just cover a bunch of holiday movies just so yeah. we could experiment with uh, figuring out what holidays we'd like to do for uh, extra content. But also to just get more content under our belt so we could get a better handle on uh, the whole podcast format. And, you know, we did that for, I think, the first half of the year. I think we covered basically every major holiday we wanted to cover except for, like, one. No, that's true. But I meant, like, we um, we were really into it for the first half oh, of the yeah, year. Oh, yeah. We covered a – I mean, what did we – we did Groundhog Day? Yeah, we did a bunch of nonsense holidays uh, in addition to, like, actual holidays. But then we started doing convention prep, and we did a bunch of episodes there, so we had to kind of, like, drop off. I can't imagine if we had t- tried to do both. I mean, we kind of did. but We kind of did, but it was also hell. Well, I mean, we're not doing probably either of those things this year. Uh, we're not doing we'll, – we'll do holiday movies, but probably not to the same extent. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be – if I have a movie I want to watch for a specific holiday, I'll tell Bob, and we'll release that, but we'll tell you right beforehand – uh, we probably won't do convention stuff. I assume we might go to a convention this we year. We might go, but I don't know if we'll need to do any prep. Um, but I don't think we'll do prep because we have a lot more movies under our belt now. And if we do, it'll probably only be one or two. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of discussing, like, hey, what what extra content 
do we maybe want to do this year, if any? And the conclusion we came to is I think we're going to start covering uh, series that we've started because I'm personally against having sequels and stuff and remakes on the board just because that implies that you have to go, like, watch a previous episode. Mm -hmm. You want to know what's happening or, like, know our comments on the last one. So if we ever want to cover, like, anything that's come before, we basically need a good excuse. And our good excuse is we're just going to finish series. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we've entirely decided on what we're going to start with yet. Probably it's going to be Halloween. I don't know, man. Leprechaun's enticing. Bob wants to kill himself, so sorry about <laughs> that. Anyways, uh, well, we're not sure what we're starting with. Uh, we're also not sure when stuff like that's going to be coming out. So no idea. To let you right now, to let you know right now, we're going to have kind of a flexible schedule with uh, completing series. I think the plan is to start and finish recording the rest of the movies in a series, and then once we're done uh, with all of that, we'll tell you on a probably an actual board episode, mm-hmm. like what series we're releasing, and just start releasing it once we've finished recording it. Yeah. That way, we can get to you. We can get it released to you in like a timely manner. Yeah. Even if it takes us much longer to record it than once a week. Yeah. Because um, we were recording convention prep as it was coming out, and that was sucked. fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, look look out for that at some point. But we'll give you a heads up when it comes up. Yeah, for sure. With that being said, though, we actually have to get to the actual podcast part of this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, three categories, Bob. Yeah, man. Got Catholic movies, Universal Monster movies, and witches. So, you know, we watched Universal Monster film last week, which it was good. I like Frankenstein. I thought Wait, it was, it was. I assume you're taking a break from yes, Universal Monster that was movies. my point, is we watched one. We've already seen one. It was cool. I like it. But I don't, look, this podcast is all about scaring me. Right, that's kind of my. That's the reason I show up here, Benjamin. Oh, that's what you want. I we I could organize a season where you shit your pants. Okay, maybe don't do that. Is that what you want? No, Ben. I Is like. I want? like to also enjoy myself when we do the. We'll podcast. do, oceans. Okay. Cannibals. <laughs> Key, shut up. What's I your, almost said something really bad just now. You you were gonna say kill yourself. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I didn't want to say it on the podcast. I would have felt bad. And then ooh, we need a third thing that's real bad. I have an idea. Oh what? Why would I tell you? No, I'm just curious. This would be your choice. Alien abduction films or alien films. Ooh, in general. Like alien abduction Man. films. Yeah. That's a good one. That'll scare the shit out of me. I don't like that shit. I know a couple alien abduction films that make I you shit your pants. I almost pitched that this season. Oh. I was like, we haven't done that yet. Do that next That's season. A- no, we won't. No, we won't. You already picked your category. You told me. No, I didn't. Not for next season. I thought you said you already had something. No, you're thinking about this season. Or what, last season for this season? Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got to pick. I don't know what I want. I guess what I'm, my point is, Witches was cool. And I like that movie. It was fun. It's kind of a toss-up, though, for what you're going to get. Kind of. Catholic movies? That movie scared the fuck out of me. And I kind of want to go back to it. But I, I'm going to pick my own category again. I'm going to go back to Witches because I, I, we got a not-so-horror-horror movie last time. You sure you want to do witches again? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just asking. No, why are you asking though? You never ask. I always ask. Sometimes you ask and it's never it's not a good sign though. 
Fuck. Yeah, I'm going to do witches. You sure? Shut up. Yeah, I'm doing witches. Okay. What did I? What do I have? I don't even know. I think you chose three last time, so I think you have one and two. One. One? Fuck. Yeah. You sure? Fuck, man. Yeah. Are yeah, you man. sure you want witches spot number one? Yeah, witches spot one. 100%. Stop. <laughs> Just tell me what we're watching. Are you sure you want to know? Oh, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Not even that bad. I just think the suspense is much worse for you than the anything else. The suspense is killing me. Okay, final final chance. Yeah, Ben. I'm, I'm choosing that. All right, we're watching Suspiria. That's a witch movie? Kind of. Whoa. I kind of just wanted to put it on the board, so I kind of slapped it on there. I can't believe we're watching this. This is not when I expected this movie to come up. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. By the way, we're watching the original Suspiria from yeah, 1977. Yeah. Not the remake. Not the remake. Which is from what, like 20, it's like the 2000s. Do you want to take a guess? It was recent, right? Yeah. It was like 2018. Exactly 2018. Very good. Yep. I uh, I heard some of my friends at a wedding talking about it, and I walked out of the room because I went, I don't want spoilers for that movie. People like apparently it. apparently very good. It's supposed to be a good remake. Some of the famous scenes that they redid are, are very well done. Sick. Yeah. So... You ready? Mm-hmm. For some uh, witches? Some I didn't know this was a witch movie. More like bitches. I'm going to say that on every witch episode. That's fine. That's pretty funny. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Uh, description. Dance of the Sugar Plum Witches. Huh? Okay. This this is confusing. Because, you know, Dance of the Sugar Plum. No, I know, but okay. I don't know Fairies. how this ties into Suspiria. I don't know anything about this movie. Okay. I know nothing other than it's Italian, I think. Italian, I think. I'm pretty sure it's an Italian movie. Uh, it's an hour and 32 minutes long. It's rated R. IMDb gave it a 7.3 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 94%. Oh. Audience score of 83%. Hell yeah. Uh, it has one win and four nominations. Notable actors are Jessica Harper as Susie Banyan. Uh, she played Phoenix in Phantom of the Paradise. Stephania Cassini as Sarah Sims. She played Neve in 1900. Flavio Bucci as Daniel. He was total and property is no longer a theft. Miguel Bose as Mark. He played Lorca in Lorca. Alida Valley as Miss Tanner. Uh, she played Anna Schmidt in The Third Man. Joanne Bennett as Madame Blanc. Uh, she played Catherine Kitty March in Scarlet Street. Udo Kier as Dr. Frank Mandel. Do you recognize that name? Vaguely. Uh, he was Morgan Walker in Halloween 2017. Mm. Or 2007, I'm sorry. I was like, hold on, what? Okay. Rob Zombie. Yep, that makes sense. Barbara Magnolfi as Olga Ivanova. Uh, she was Ursula Bain and the sister of Ursula. Eva Axon as Patricia Pat Hingle. Uh, she played Mary Odile in The Golden Mass. And finally, Rudolf Schundler as Professor Milius. Uh, he was Carl in The Exorcist. Okay. I had to think for a second. I got it. All right. Director. Kind of a big one. Because I don't think we've ever seen him on this podcast before. Dario Argento. I thought so. I so that's kind of cool for Bob. It is cool. I'm excited. Uh, he also directed The Cat of Nine Tales. Uh, writers, again, Dario Argento. Uh, he also wrote uh, Tenebrae. Oh, I've heard that's good. 
And then the other writer is Daria Nicolodi. Oh. Uh, she also wrote Paganini Horror. Uh, she has some uncredited writing stuff, too, that's more famous. Hmm. Budget and box office, I really couldn't find. Well, I found stuff, but not anything I was super confident with. Okay. And it was also kind of all over the place. As for country of origin, it's obviously Italy. Yeah. And this is 1977 Italy. So I don't really have a lot of stuff on this movie. Mm. Sorry. But I'm sure you can find a bunch of stuff on Suspiria if you want to look very, very closely. Because this movie is very, very famous. Yeah. Um, with that being said, a couple things we can bring off, bring up like right off the bat. First of all, apparently this movie is based on a essay, at least partially, uh, by Thomas De Quincey in... It's an essay from 1945 entitled uh, Suspiria di Profundis. So, yeah. Do you know what that means in Italian? I don't think it's Italian. I'm pretty sure it's Latin. Oh. Because I believe I just assumed it was Quincy is English. Oh. Yeah. Famous work from 1945. Or 1845, sorry. But, uh, oh, okay. That's a very, I was like, what? Yeah, it's at least partially based on that. I think they just took some inspiration from those essays. I think, in fact, that's where the name comes from, you know, Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, this film is the first of a trilogy of films by Argento, uh, known as the Three Mothers trilogy. Uh, they're vaguely related. They're not like, oh, Suspiria 1, Suspiria 2, Suspiria 3. Okay. But uh, the other films in the trilogy are The Inferno from 1980 and The Mother of Tears from 2007. Damn. Uh, and it's called the Three Mothers trilogy wondering those Um, are very spread apart now aside from those two films there's actually two other suspiria projects there was an unfilmed remake in 2008 damn which is uh probably good that that didn't come out because i believe it was being made by mtv whoa and it was the same guy who made pineapple express was directing that can't who thought that was a good idea well okay bob what director directed Pineapple Express? Off the top of my head, I don't know. You don't know off the top of your head? But I know what Pineapple Express is. You sure you don't know off the top of your head? No. That his name has never come up in your brain before. It probably has. I just don't know His exactly. first name's David. His middle name's Gordon. His last name's Green. Oh, this guy's got to stop. Well, he didn't do it, Thank but he God. was going to. This guy has to stop. He and must be stopped. I can't believe you didn't remember David Gordon Green did Pineapple Express because your favorite quote. Shut up. I know. By one of your favorite people <laughs> ragged on him for it. Yeah. He's just a menace. Anyways, um, I believe he was the one who was supposed to direct it, um, but that never ended up happening. And then obviously there's the 2018 remake. Which I've heard is good. I think it's from an Italian director. See, that's sick. Now, aside from all that, I think the only thing I want to get into before we start this film is just a fun little fact about Italian cinema, especially Italian Mm. horror cinema from, like, the 60s to the the 90s and stuff. If you're you're not really familiar with that type of thing, because, you know, we we haven't covered it on the podcast. I'm not sure how many people who aren't, like, super big horror fans um, and just super nerdy about it watch Italian horror films. Oh, I'm so excited, Ben. But the big thing to know is a lot, a lot, a lot of Italian stuff, especially before, you know, the 90s, is dubbed. Oftentimes dubbed in English. Yeah. 
And it's a little bit on because objectively we're used to seeing, you know, subtitles. Mm-hmm. But it's also weird because they are purposely dubbed and that's how they came out. Yeah. And the the reason for that is twofold. A, it's because of international distribution. A lot of these uh, Italian films were designed to be, yeah, released in Italy, but also internationally. And if you release them in English, you could probably make more money than you would in Italy. Uh, But the other reason that they're dubbed is that it was common practice. Now, I'm not sure how true this is, but my understanding of it is that during World War II, there was just a practice of recording stuff without sound and then dubbing it so you could, you know, control mm-hmm. what was being said. Yeah. And um, that just style stuck around, I think, both because they got used to it as a film technique, because in some ways it's a lot easier to do your, all your sound in post-production, mm-hmm. uh, but also because people got used to it. Yeah, it's just a, It just became like a normal cultural thing. Uh, plus, it gives you a lot of uh, very nice benefits if you're used to it. Like, you can have an English actor mm-hmm. or an Italian actor speaking a different language, yeah. and that sound good without, like, accents. But, yeah, long story short, common thing you'll see. A lot of Italian stuff from this I time period. I actually really like it, personally. Have you seen it before? Yeah, we watched uh, Zombie 2 and... Yeah, but not on the podcast. The Beyond. We watched them off the podcast. The Beyond's not Italian, is it? They're both Lucio Fulci films. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Another director I want to watch on the podcast. Anyways, uh, that's all I got to say, though. So uh, we're just going to go into the movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Ben. This is I'm excited about this one. Well, uh, see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Suspiria. What do you think, Bob? I liked it. Good. I have a question, though. What? You told me where the name came from. Yes. Is that an Italian word? Suspiria? I think it's Latin. What does it mean? Suspense? So, Suspiria de Profundis, which is the name of that essay mm-hmm. that this is loosely based on, is a Latin phrase meaning sighs from the depths. Mm. And right off the bat, I'll tell you why it's like the loose basis for this film. And that, I think, will be a good description for this film in general. See, like I said, it's a collection of essays from uh, Thomas De Quincey, an English writer. And it was an examination of the process of memory as influenced by hallucinogenic drug use. And if that doesn't describe the art style of this film... No, that makes sense. Yeah. This movie's fucking weird, man. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a drug trip. Kind of. Not entirely, but somewhat. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess I can do a brief rundown, and then I'm just going to let Bob mostly talk about it. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't really have much to say about this See, film. that's crazy to me. Um, that's insane that you have nothing to talk about. Were you not witnessing the movie? Were you not watching? It's, you know, it's an art film. Like, it's it's very, very pretty. But, you know, that's kind of my main thought. Damn, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, with that being said, it's a pretty straightforward premise, I guess, all things considered. Yeah. This American woman, she's a ballerina, and she ends up being invited to this conservatory in, what do we think, Germany? Italy, Germany. I think it's Germany. I don't know. 
It they, makes sense they were wearing, to be German. They were wearing, what, Lederhosen? Lieberhosen? Yeah. And dancing? Yeah. The slap dance? And like a beer hall. Yeah. Anyway, she gets invited to this private conservatorium to practice ballet. And when she gets there, weird stuff starts ha- happening. Yeah. And, um, well, it's not revealed till like, the end of the movie. Witchcraft is involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is the witch category. And, you know... Obviously, spoiler warning ahead. I'd I'd recommend you go watch this film before yeah. you hear anything because it, it very much is an experienced based film. I I'm, think more than anything else. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. The fact that this is in the witches category is like the biggest spoiler in the world. Oh, it is. If we had watched this in any other category, I would have no had no fucking idea. Yeah. Till the end of the movie. But I was like, let's just watch Suspiria. No, I'm glad we watched it. I fucking like. I really liked the movie, but <laughs> like. What I guess what I'm getting at is we've already spoiled the biggest spoiler in the whole film. Oh, yeah. But it's not, like, too big of a deal. No, it's not. All things considered. It's really not. Because even though you aren't told there's, like, magic or anything till the very end, even from the very beginning, you know something's... Something's amiss. Something's amiss. But, yeah, the, the whole film's an experience. It's, it's very artsy. It isn't, like, completely avant-garde, but it has a lot of distinct traits of... Just, very artsy cinematography. Everything's very colorful. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'm going to use the word psychedelic. Yeah. Uh, but the the whole movie, at least for me, kind of tries to give the vague impression of like a lucid dream-like experience. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that that was my, the, my biggest takeaway, is it just kind of lures you into a weird sense of, I don't know, contentment like it's a pretty chill film but it's very very pretty now i know bob had different opinions about that because he's a little baby and he was on the edge of his seat the whole movie but look do you want to share your thoughts and feelings okay Eh, call me a little fuck you oh baby man Uh, this movie is you know this is a horror movie podcast this movie is not traditionally like scary there is like maybe a couple jump scares that got me like maybe one or two the big thing this movie does is that I fucking love because you all know. <laughs> Why did you just make that face? What? You made a face when I said that. And it looks oh, like it's yawning. Look like you were mad at me, and I was like, "What did I say?" Um, no. The big thing this film does that I love a lot is it's really suspenseful. Like, the, it's very good at taking scenes that should not make you uncomfortable, and they make you uncomfortable and build tension in a really cool way. Like, there's this moment pretty far into the film, I'd say probably like an hour in or something, where it's just Susie and Sarah talking. But because... Uh, Susie's the main character, and Sarah's like her friend. Yeah. They're just talking, but because, A, this movie does really cool stuff with color, they're back, they're like frontly in red, and the the sounds they're playing over them talking, the scene makes you so uncomfortable. But there's honestly nothing happening. They're just talking. Like that's all the sequence is, but it I there's something about like the way they hold on because it's like really really close up on their face. And there are tons of really cool shots where they're super close up on people's faces and they hold on stuff for just long enough to make you uncomfortable and make you feel squeamish and like anxious. I don't know. This movie's really good at like making me taking color and sound and cinematography and making me feel the way it wants me to feel. I guess. It's very good at setting a good tone and mood throughout the entire film. 
And there's just, it just does it in such a, I don't know, a way I've never experienced in a movie. Because in, in other films, you'll watch a film and you'll go, oh, like the dialogue or the characters are getting me there. But it's not that in this film. It's everything else. Like not that the acting is bad or the characters are bad or the dialogue is poorly written. But it's that's not why I watch the movie. I'm not here for that. I'm here for everything else. Just like the atmosphere is crazy. And I think it comes from a place of like, Ben mentioned it. This movie has a very good, what's the word you used before? Ephemeral? Yeah, ephemeral. It The movie, oh, who's that director? Wes Anderson? It's almost, I've never seen a Wes Anderson film. I've just seen what his sets Bob's like, like, yeah, it's this one thing I have no basis for, but yeah. Well, no, no just it's, like it doesn't, the vibe. It doesn't look like a Wes Anderson film, but there is a removal from reality that is present in both like films That's more that I do at. think comes through. Like everything in this film kind of feels artificial. Yeah, it all because it is. It's all sets. It's all sets. First of all, they look fucking awesome. A lot of them use uh, symmetry to again mm-hmm. look like uh, kaleidoscopes and stuff like that. Yeah, psychedelic. Once again, the point. I don't know. I get just this movie does such a good job with using the sets and the sound and the color to get across emotion in a way that I've never even seen, like thought about in a movie. Like, I've never even thought about anything like this. It's crazy. Like, I, this movie made me, like, scared with n- nothing, basically. It's super dope. <laughs> I still think it's funny it made you scared. It's cool, man. It's super cool. Since you didn't mention it, I'll bring it up. The music's done by Goblin. Oh, the music is so good. I don't think we've heard it, but, like, Goblin before uh, on the podcast, but they're cool. They have they're a fun really band cool. name. Yeah. Goblin. Uh, I think Dario Argento also does the music, but Goblin's the performer. No, they do a really good job with the music in this and movie. And it really does carry, I think, a lot of the film. Because mm-hmm. all the sound design, um, besides the very obvious like ADR people, mm-hmm. it's just very, very well done. And it really helps the tone. It's very light and floaty, almost fairy-esque. Mm-hmm. Really, really helps, I think, the creepy factor of a lot of scenes. The other thing I want to talk about. And we've kind of been floating around it. The way all the sets are designed. That's probably where most of the work for this film went into. Oh, for sure it has well, to. That and just cinematography. Yeah. There's some really, really cool shots in this film. Because the way the environment's framed in shot is very well done. Especially yeah. with reflections of just mm-hmm. people. Tons of mirror use in this movie, which I really enjoy. I thought it was really dope. But, yeah, all the... All the sets are just very, very well done. They're all super colorful. And Again, they... that palette tones of like red and blue and yellow. Yeah, and sometimes green. But that's that's probably the big thing is like the, the sets are usually because there's what? The red area, the blue rooms, and the yellow rooms? Basically. Orange kind of sometimes. Yeah. And the movie moves you between these three different areas and they all have Three very different, distinct styles. And tones. And tones. And when you're in that room, because of the color usage, you're kind of, you know what to expect. It's like, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't know, like, fucking colors that well. If color that makes, theory? Color theory. Like, I don't know, I don't know how that shit works. But, like, when we're in the red areas, bad things happen. More aggressive stuff happens. Yeah. it's a more aggressive color. Blue is a more somber color, so more somber things happen there. Yellow was more warm and inviting. Mm-hmm. And not so horrible things happen there. It's just super cool. Like, 
I, I, I've never seen a movie tackle color like this and use it so effectively, and it just has blown my noggin. Again, it's because this film isn't a realism-based film. It's an art film. Yeah. I mean, all the lighting doesn't make sense at all. No, it's but it's like awesome. people will be randomly backlit in random colors while they're front lit in a different color, and then side lit by a third color. Yeah, no, it's cool, and there'll be like sp- parts where you'll be in a room that's a particular color, but certain areas of the room will be a different color because they're supposed to. It's cool. I I just can't I just can't get over how cool the color stuff in this movie is. Yeah, I mean overall, again, it's this film is very much a good watch. Yeah, because it's an experience, primarily visually. I will say, I I did say the Goblin um, soundtrack is really great, and it's really great because it accompanies mm-hmm. the visuals. But the yeah. the visuals are, I think, the main draw of this film. But I think that's the hard part of describing it for me is that the visuals of this movie are great. It just like any, I think, a uh, very very good art film. But everything else is just kind of okay. I think not bad or anything, and I think it really really fits the the style of this movie, the general plot and everything. But yeah. like overall it's it's very much a nothing film. In like what happens? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I see where you're coming from, but I I had such a good time just absorbing it all in my first watch that I That's fine. You can have a good time absorbing it, but that doesn't mean things actually happened in the movie. I mean legitimately very little happens in this film. Yeah. And that is kind of the point. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it does make, I think, addressing this film, unless you're going to pull into the really nitty gritty mm-hmm. of uh, the specifics of style, very difficult. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. Because objectively, again, our main character, Susie, gets there and events start happening. Specifically, there's a murder right at the kickoff of this film. Oh, it's so good, too. And then there's just some general creepiness that's happening. Yeah. But are just mostly smaller events. With that being said, I think let me just describe that first murder really quick because it's probably the inciting incident for the film mm-hmm. right off the bat. But it's also one of those blips of horror in this film that it doesn't have a lot of. Uh, but right when Susie gets to the conservatory, she ends up running into this woman that's leaving, assumedly running away. Uh, although we do learn that she was uh, kicked out. Kicked out, allegedly. And... We watch this woman make it to her friend's apartment, and we focus on her for a bit. And when she's, I think, changing in the bathroom, she gets nabbed. Mm -hmm. And we get to watch her get stabbed and then drop through a window and hung with a wire. And I think the thing I want to bring up with, like, this scene and some of the later scenes of violence, uh, I I don't think I'm going to describe them here is that they're very close up mm-hmm. and realistic yeah in a way that doesn't necessarily match the more like ephemeral tone of the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and it makes them stand out in a very brutal way and i just want to bring it up cuz i think it's a very interesting thing the film does cuz it includes like moments like that every once in a while mm-hmm. And so you'll have these more dreamlike sequences broken up by these more harsh moments of reality. It's just interesting. It's like the film lures you into a sense of like calm contentness. Yeah. And then rips you out. It does that a lot, especially when you're there's some moments later in the movie where someone's getting chased and it does a really good job at like 
keeping the music in this like light ephemeral it's still like scary chase music but it's still like this light like bouncy kind of tone but as soon as it wants to like lure you in the music will stop and it'll do so it'll switch up and it'll pull you in as soon as they're about to get that's how you know stuff's about to happen is the music i mean it's very predictable but in like the best way possible because it matches perfectly i mean classic music cues yeah i mean either way though i think that's hesperia <laughs> i i don't really have much to say about this film yeah like i said for me it's more of an experience than it is an event <laughs> if that makes sense with that being said if you're okay do you want to go into recommendations okay just i'll talk about one thing one more thing before we move on you know this is a movie about witches right we haven't really covered it. There's some cool, like, how do I put it? Witch-like occurrences that occur, like that happen, that are talked away through happenstance. Yeah. Which I think is really cool because it until the end of the movie, you're not confirmed that it's witchcraft or whatever. Like, oh, in fact, it almost feels like the witchcraft just tacked on as an afterthought. Kind of. Because most of the stuff is basically super easily explained away yeah and they explain and the movie tries to explain it away the only reason it's witchcraft is it's just super bad luck to the point of being unnatural being ridiculous but i think that's super cool playing into like the and I, the craft did this as well like playing into the oh this isn't really witchcraft it's some other bs you know it's just oh unlucky like stuff's happening explain it away before you get to the movie and then it it allows the end reveal of oh it's witchcraft to hit so much harder because it's finally like, oh, it is witchcraft, and oh my god, shit's going down. This it's isn't awesome. just a creepy conservatorium. No, it's like actual witches, and it's super dope. I just thought that was a really cool point, because if it had just come out straight and been like, oh, witches, I would have been like, oh, okay. This isn't as, this isn't as spooky, because it makes all those moments that I'm talking about earlier in the film where suspense is building and you're getting freaked out. They wouldn't hit as hard because you go, oh, it's just a witch. But because you don't know... And it's kind of like this build-up. It helps the end hit a lot harder. Because I think the end of this movie is fucking awesome. It might be my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. But objectively, I think that's because the end of this film is a lot more fast-paced. A lot more happens at a short period of time. But that only works so well because the rest of the movie is so slow and suspenseful that when you finally get to the end and it starts paying off, it feels worth it. I mean, fair. You know what I mean? With that being said... Recommendation. If you're into Italian cinema, Italian horror movies specifically, this is the third one I've seen. I First um, one on the podcast. First one on the podcast. I'm going to put it out there. I fucking love Italian horror movies. These are so fucking cool. I mean, this is Dario Argento. He's very famous. He's very famous. And this is a very famous horror movie for Italian cinema too. So, so cool. So dope. Love it. If you want an art film, this movie is super artistic. We've talked about it a ton. But the way... They use color and set design and the way the sets are built. It's all super, like, stylistic and dope and super cool. I love it. I think it's so, so fun. Okay. Anything else? I don't think so, man. Okay. All right. So, first of all, right off the bat, like Bob was saying, this is a very good and famous example of Italian cinema, especially of Dario Argento, who is a very, very famous Italian director. So, if you're interested in Italian horror cinema and you haven't seen Dario Argento, you haven't seen Suspiria, I'd highly recommend giving it a watch at least once. It's worth diving into. Uh, with that being said, as far as like actual movie recommendations go, I'm not sure if I necessarily can recommend this film. 
I enjoy it, but it is very much an art film. And the thing about art films is either you like them or you hate them and you think they're god-awful. I could imagine so many people watching this film and falling asleep. God, I see. I, I could never. Because Bob was on the, the, this, the seat of his pants this whole movie. To be honest, I was not. Like, ben was sleeping. <laughs> I was not sleeping, but I am tired. And this movie is like a little lullaby that lulls me in. <laughs> um, so the amount of suspense you get from this film may vary. But I do enjoy this film. I like it. But just because I like it doesn't mean everyone will. And if you don't like more art-oriented films, this film is going to fucking blow for you. That's crazy. If you don't like slow films, oh, this is awful. Because it is very slow. There is a few moments where it's a lot more high stakes. Like I said, that initial murder sequence is very intense. Oh, it's intense, so good. But it's also very artsy. And again, if you don't like that that weird abstraction from reality and the lack of realism, it's just not going to work for you. And that's okay. I think for a lot of people, the remake is a lot more approachable because it's a lot less artsy. Oh, not entirely. That makes me sad. It is artsy in its own way, but it's, it's a very different style. Okay. Again, this film is a seventies movie and the new one's a 2018 film. Mm Mm-hmm. They're both very good, but they're very good in different ways. So uh, I'd like to put that out there. But yeah, it's a good film if you like slow, artsy films. But especially it's a good film if you like color and attention to detail with cinematography and set design. Because that's where you're going to get most of your story from. In a way, a lot of the set design and attention to detail there almost reminds me of something Kubrick-esque. Mm. Kind of if you're th- if you've ever seen The Shining and I've how never seen a Stanley Kubrick film. The setting of the hotel is very otherworldly. That's how a lot of the sets look here. Obviously there's some weird lighting stuff in this film as opposed to The Shining. But there's a very similar vibe in the sets that I think you might like, especially if you like The Shining, because again, that's also a pretty slow film that's more ephemeral. We're gonna watch that at some abstracted point. Abstracted from reality. We'll watch it eventually. But that being said, you wanna rate it? Yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, you know what? No, I don't care. Five. I, no, yeah, five. I, I think this movie's fucking awesome. I actually, like, really, really, really love this movie. And I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I guess, I guess my point is, I understand what you're saying, but I could never imagine feeling that way. Like, for me, this is like, this is awesome. I love this shit. I eat this shit up. This is some of my favorite kind of cinema. Like, I... Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give it a five. Yeah, I didn't I, think you were. Objectively, I don't think this movie's perfect. Oh. And I, I'm i not mad at Bob, because I can tell he likes it that much. But I, I, I really don't think it deserves a five. It is a very, very good movie. The sheer attention to detail is going to get it a very high rating by itself. But it's, it's, again, it's in the same boat for me, as I think all art films are, where... There's more of a focus on the vibe than there is the storytelling. And I just think objectively that can make something that's very beautiful and very unique, but doesn't necessarily make a good movie Mm -hmm. in the more classical sense. 
so I think I'm going to go with a four um, at the end of the day because, in all honesty, I think the general plot and the characterization and all that stuff is a little bit on the lower side. Like, it's fine. It's it's around a three, a three and a half. But again, the thing that really gets this film a higher rating is just the appearance. You know, uh, the attention to the detail with some of the cinematography, how the camera's angled to pick up some reflections, uh, all the coloring. Mm-hmm. Everything about the style really does escalate, I think, this up very, very high. Yeah. Which is why I'm giving it a four. But, again, it's a, it's an art film, and that's what it is first and foremost. You know you know what you know what pushed me to a five? And I was just thinking about this because I was like – I because when you – I knew you were going to ask my rating, and I want, in my head I was like, I want to give it a five because I, I actually fucking love this movie. The attention to detail in this movie is – Bar none, like I, I don't think there's a movie I've seen more attention to detail. Not in. that you've seen, there is, there is movies. Sure, not that I've seen. I guess. I yeah. mean, The Shining, straight up. Really? Oh, Kubrick was, to put it lightly, abusively OCD. Mm. I guess my thing is, there's so much stuff in this movie where, if you pick it up, there's literally stuff in the background. And you go, oh, that's gonna come back. Like, there's tons of stuff I noticed where, oh, that's gonna come back around later. Like, that's a plot point. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's be- crazy, beautiful film. It's insanely well shot. But when you can pick up details of the plot purely from cinematography in like such a, a detailed way where you go, oh, well, that's, of course, this thing that's going to come back around later. And it does come back around and it works. It's just like there's some beauty in that that I just I can't get around. I mean, it's art. It's just that's the thing with art. You yeah. know, it can't be because of its very nature. It's not the same, I think, as traditional storytelling. Yeah. You know. And I guess my thing, other thing is, like, this movie just hit me in the right way. Like, it, I get it. If it hit Bob in like the right this. way. Yeah, and I know it does for a lot of people. I've met a couple of people who, who really, really love this film. Um, this is one of those ones where I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go to Amazon right after Ben leaves and buy a Blu-ray of this or something. Because I want to own this. What? So bad. Uh, I think that's us. We'll go to outtakes. I'm not sure if we'll have any. Yeah, there were, we marked a lot more than I expected to, actually. But who knows if they're good? Who knows if they're good? Uh, With that being said, we'll be back in a second. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Suspiria so far. I love this movie. I think it's awesome. But without further ado, let's get in to the outtakes. This first outtake is our reaction to the beginning of the first kill of the film. Fuck! What the fuck?! What is happening? Uh, I believe a hand's grabbing her. No, I know, but what was? What is like? Holy shit! This next clip is our reaction to one of the many spooky things that occurs throughout the film. I think that might be the point, Benjamin. Uh, never mind. That's fucking gross. Oh, there's like maggots in her hair. I think they're in the comb, not in her hair. Oh, that's fucking disgusting. Where are they coming from? They're all over the fucking ceiling? This next clip is me being scared at nothing and Ben being as helpful as ever. This is such an unscary situation. Why am I fucking freaking out? I don't know. Why are you freaking out? I don't know. Stop. Thank God that's over. Glad I helped. This next clip is our reaction to one of the most brutal deaths in this entire film. Oh! Oh! 
Whoa! What a horrible way to go! Dude, this this came out after. Oh God! Stop! Stop showing me that. This next clip is our reaction to probably the most slow, painful death in this entire film. Oh! Is that fucking razor wire? Yes. Yes, it is. Why is that there? It was a trap. That's an awful way to die. Oh, she's not going to die from it. Oh! She's just getting fucking mangled by it! Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements, Ben? No, we don't have any announcements, so, you know, usual shtick. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. We're also on YouTube, which one? Not the most convenient place to watch, like, a podcast, because it's a video platform. YouTube's kind of nice to show us some support with your likes and subscriptions. It's an easy way for us to tell, like how our audience is doing youtube also has a couple useful tools for you guys there's a bell button which can notify you whenever we post new stuff i know other platforms have that but i know everyone has youtube so that's kind of easy to access there's also a search button which allows you to search specific keywords in any of our episodes so if you want to know if we've covered a specific movie that's a very easy way to do it and then you can backtrack whatever episode that is to like spotify or something whatever your usual watching platform is uh, aside from that, though, YouTube is one of the main two places to communicate with us at. You can do it in the comment section of a specific episode, or you can go over to Twitter, at Beware the Board, and go uh, talk to Bob. Phase in and out. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with oh, that this one. color spectrum of comments. Oh, okay. Good one, Ben. That was good. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where we post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the movie before we do. So that we list the episodes, you don't get any spoilers, and when we're being vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then, on Fridays, or whatever the episode goes live, I post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. So if you ever missed an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, we do short form content on TikTok at Beware the Board and on YouTube Shorts. So if you're into short form content and like the show, check us out there at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. Benjamin, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time.